Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of aortic dissection found under the cardiovascular section at metabullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 32-year-old man with eunucoid proportions and arachnodactyly presents to the emergency department with severe substernal chest pain that radiates to the back. He says that the pain occurred acutely and denies any recent trauma. Medical history is significant for Marfan syndrome. On physical exam, there are unequal blood pressures in the upper extremity. A chest radiograph demonstrates a widened mediastinum. A CT angiography demonstrates a Stanford type A aortic dissection. Let's continue with the brief introduction. Clinically, aortic dissection is defined as a separation of the media lamina planes, resulting in a blood-filled space in the aortic wall. There are two different types of aortic dissections. Stanford A type is a dissection involving the ascending aorta, and a Stanford B type is a dissection involving only the descending aorta. In terms of the etiology, aortic dissection is most commonly caused by hypertension. However, it may also be caused by connective tissue disease. It may also be due to iatrogenic causes, such as coronary catheterization, or due to trauma. The pathogenesis is due to an intimal tear of the aorta, which causes an intramural aortic hemorrhage that separates the intima from the media. The resulting hematoma may rupture through the adventitia, which leads to a thoracic or abdominal cavity hemorrhage or cardiac tamponade. Conditions that are associated with aortic dissection include Marfan syndrome or bicuspid aortic valve, such as in patients with Turner syndrome. And with regards to the prognosis, in Stanford type A dissections, effective blood pressure control and surgical treatment will improve mortality. And in Stanford type B dissections, effective conservative or surgical treatment also improves mortality. Moving on to the presentation, remember that symptoms most commonly involve acute chest or back pain and is classically described as anterior chest pain that radiates to the back between the scapulae. On physical exam, one may note unequal blood pressures in the arms, weak or absent pulses, or a diastolic decrescendo murmur when the aortic valve is involved, which results in aortic regurgitation. With regards to imaging, Radiography of the chest is indicated to rule out other causes of chest pain, such as pneumothorax, and specific findings would include a widened mediastinum. CT angiography of the chest may also be indicated since it is the most accurate imaging test for aortic dissection. MR angiography of the chest may be used in stable patients that have iodine contrast allergies. And transesophageal echocardiography can be used if kidney injury is present or if the patient is allergic to contrast. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about myocardial infarction, with differentiating factors being that there will be presence of electrocardiogram abnormalities, such as ST segment elevation, and one will also see increased cardiac biomarkers. And in terms of treatment, medical treatment includes beta blockers, which is indicated for Stanford type B aortic dissections, and surgical options include vascular surgery, which is indicated for Stanford type A aortic dissections. And finally, complications to keep in mind includes end-organ damage, which typically occurs secondary to poor perfusion and may cause acute renal failure, acute abdomen, mesenteric ischemia, ischemic colitis, paraplegia or weakness of lower extremities, or aortoiliac occlusive disease. One may also see aneurysm ruptures, myocardial infarction from coronary artery occlusion, stroke from dissection extending into the carotids, aortic regurgitation, or cardiac tamponade. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to aortic dissection, 
Let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man with an unknown past medical history presents to the emergency department with sudden onset chest pain. His pain started suddenly while he was at home gardening and has been persistent. The patient also endorses back and abdominal pain that started shortly thereafter. Physical exam is notable for asymmetric upper extremity pulses. A CT angiogram is performed and demonstrates a flap within the aorta. Which of the following is the most likely risk factor for this patient's condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Atherosclerotic vascular disease Choice 2. Connective tissue disease Choice 3. Hypertension Choice 4. Illicit drug use Or Choice 5. Smoking The best answer to this question is choice three, hypertension. This elderly patient is presenting with sudden onset chest, abdominal, and back pain with asymmetric upper extremity pulses and blood pressure and a CT angiogram suggestive of an aortic dissection. Hypertension is the most common risk factor in aortic dissection. An aortic dissection occurs when blood dissects under the endothelium of the aorta. Patients will complain of sudden onset, severe, and tearing chest pain that can radiate to the back or abdomen. Physical exam may demonstrate asymmetric upper extremity pulses, asymmetric upper extremity blood pressures, and various other findings depending on the location of the dissection. A type A or proximal dissection can cause a stroke if it dissects into the vertebral arteries, a myocardial infarction if it dissects into the coronary arteries, or tamponade. Any patient with an aortic dissection should have diagnosis confirmed with a CT angiogram of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis. Treatment involves first administering a beta blocker, such as esmolol, followed by a vasodilating agent, such as nicardipine. Surgical repair is needed in a type A dissection, whereas type B dissections, which are descending, typically only require tight blood pressure control. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Atherosclerotic vascular disease is a risk factor for acute coronary syndrome, which presents with crushing chest pain, diaphoresis, and dyspnea. It is also a risk factor for an aortic aneurysm, as damage to the vasovasorum of the aorta leads to ischemia and dilation. Choice 2. Connective tissue disease is certainly a risk factor for an aortic dissection, including diseases such as Ehlers-Danlos disease and Marfan syndrome. Epidemiologically, this is a less common cause of aortic dissection than is hypertension in terms of risk factors. Choice 4. Illicit drug use such as cocaine can lead to coronary artery vasospasm, causing an ST elevation myocardial infarction, which presents with crushing chest pain and diaphoresis. ECG will demonstrate ST elevations, and cardiac troponins will be elevated. Choice 5. Smoking is a risk factor for most diseases and damages the endothelium of all vessels. Though it does increase the risk of an aortic dissection, it is not as common a risk factor as is hypertension. And finally, a bullet summary. Hypertension is the most common risk factor in aortic dissection. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man presents to the emergency department with chest pain. He was seated at his desk at work when he experienced sudden onset severe chest pain that radiated to his back. The patient has a history of diabetes, hypertension, and chronic kidney disease. He is non-compliant with his medications, which include amlodipine and metformin. He smokes one pack of cigarettes per day and has a 55-pack year smoking history. The patient's temperature is 98.8 degrees Fahrenheit 
or 37.1 degrees Celsius. His blood pressure is 132 over 78 in the right arm and 156 over 86 in the left arm. Pulse is 104 beats per minute and respirations are 18 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient appears to be in acute distress and moans in pain. Cardiac auscultation reveals a soft, two out of six diastolic decrescendo murmur over the left lower sternal border. What is the most appropriate next step to confirm the diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, abdominal ultrasound. Choice two, chest radiograph. Choice three, CT angiogram. Choice four, transesophageal echocardiogram. Or choice five, transthoracic echocardiogram. The best answer to this question is, choice four, transesophageal echocardiogram. The patient's presentation with sudden, severe chest pain radiating to the back, an inter-arm blood pressure differential, and a heart murmur consistent with aortic regurgitation, as evidenced by the diastolic decrescendo murmur at the left lower sternal border, is suggestive of acute aortic dissection. The most appropriate next step in management for a patient with suspected aortic dissection and renal insufficiency is a transesophageal echocardiogram, or a TEE. Aortic dissection is caused by a tear in the tunica intima of the aorta that allows passage of blood into the tunica media, creating an intimal flap. Chronic hypertension causes wall stress on the aorta, resulting in a weakening of the vessel wall and is the most important risk factor for aortic dissection. The dissection can propagate proximally to involve the aortic root to cause aortic regurgitation and or distally into the peripheral or visceral vasculature, that is the renal, mesenteric, or iliac arteries. In the Stanford classification, aortic dissections involving the ascending aorta are considered type A dissections, while all other dissections are considered type B. In hemodynamically stable patients, diagnosis is made with a CT angiogram. In hemodynamically unstable patients or patients with contraindications to CT angiography, such as chronic kidney disease, TEE is the preferred diagnostic study and would show an intimal flap. The initial management of aortic dissections includes impulse control, with esmolol being the preferred agent, blood pressure control, such as with nitroprusside, and pain control. Type A dissections require emergent surgical intervention, whereas type B dissections without end-organ ischemia are initially managed medically. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Abdominal ultrasound is not usually used for the diagnosis of acute aortic dissection due to its limited sensitivity. Instead, abdominal ultrasound can be used to diagnose abdominal aortic aneurysms, or AAAs, which are usually asymptomatic unless rapidly expanding or ruptured. A ruptured AAA is characterized by the triad of severe flank or back pain, hypotension, and a pulsatile abdominal mass. Choice 2. Chest radiograph is often ordered in the workup of chest pain to exclude other etiologies, such as pneumothorax. While chest radiographs may show mediastinal widening in aortic dissection, especially in type A dissections, this is not a sensitive finding, and chest radiographs cannot be used to confirm a diagnosis of aortic dissection. Choice 3. CT angiogram is the gold standard diagnostic imaging modality for aortic dissection in hemodynamically stable patients. However, CT angiography requires the use of iodinated contrast that is nephrotoxic, which is contraindicated in this patient with renal insufficiency. Choice 5. Transthoracic echocardiogram, or TTE, 
provides poor visualization of the aortic arch and descending aorta and is thus less sensitive than a TEE for diagnosing aortic dissection. A TTE may be useful in evaluating for complications of an ascending aortic dissection, such as aortic regurgitation, but the diagnosis should first be confirmed. And finally, a bullet summary. The preferred imaging modality for diagnosing acute aortic dissection in a hemodynamically stable patient with contraindications to contrast agents, such as from chronic kidney disease, is a transesophageal echocardiogram. That's all for this review about aortic dissection. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.